All right, this is Berlin and I's second try at this. Third attempt. Okay, well, it failed on the second attempt. This is attempt three. And, uh, well, we're just figuring this out. The last time, it, the video, the audio, it sucked. Um, hopefully this time, it's better. I know Berlin's a little anxious about it, but... <laughs> no, it's okay. I just... Ethan gave me the example of sewing. When I first started sewing, I was very bad, but I got better. So, How many times did you mess with that machine? I don't know. Let's not talk about it. You Hours. Have... <laughs> <laughs> I remember you coming into the room and you were you were like, I spent six hours and this is what I got. So, yeah. Anyway. What, what's something you've been thinking about? Uh, a brief brief. We just wanted to start a podcast because we like to talk to one another. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. It's um, okay. I don't know. We could <laughs> say general things that we did today. <laughs> things we talked about today. Yeah, we talked about lots of different things. Yeah, we've talked about hopelessness recently. Like, whether that would be a good thing to talk about. Or what was at dinner? I think it oh, was the, forbidding things that the Bible doesn't forbid. Yeah. I don't know. That's always a fun one. So, okay, Berlin and I have... We spent a lot of our early 20s in um, Christian circles that forbid alcohol. They didn't... Maybe I shouldn't say forbid. I think uh, maybe a better descriptor is they said, for leadership, we, we it's not going to be okay for you to have it in leadership. Yeah. But essentially, that's a statement of this is sin. You should not do it. Yeah. Or, you know, even certain churches that might um, not allow a dance there or whatever. I Oh, yes. Okay. I almost said I've never been to a church like that. However, <laughs> <laughs> I am wrong. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just the aspects of this this conversation began because I was reading a book and it was talking about um, like the great great freedoms of um, life with Christ and how those great freedoms like should be feasting and drinking and rejoicing and dancing and you know all of these things that I'd say most churches or Christian people probably don't don't they probably don't feast or rejoice in the amount that they should biblically, you know, but that's not like in a sinful way that they're not doing it. It's just that we could do more. But yeah, what we were talking about at dinner was that the, the actual sinful restrictions that some churches do hold that allow a freedom of Christ to not be realized. I, I, I think they're often elaborate things, elaborate rules, but when you boil them down, they are, Drinking is a sin. Or dancing is a sin. Or poker is a sin. I've never seen poker. but Yeah, I have not been to a church. But of course, that I mean, even 30 years ago, I'd say there were... More people would have been to churches that actually those things were stated. Maybe. Maybe. I think yeah. you're right about that. Yeah. But the whole... The dancing... Like, I, I don't... That that became like an etiquette. Like, it's it it's because a church didn't teach how to appropriately dance... That they were afraid to hold a dance because they were afraid of inappropriate behavior occurring. But it's really that they but didn't know... But is that know. really true? Because that's no... 
I don't think originally that's why it was forbidden. Why do you think I mean, it was? I mean, people dance in the Bible all the time, so right. they weren't following a biblical standard. I, I, I think okay. So they weren't like this is very old. The, okay. the, the, the tradition itself is very old. I don't actually know how far back it goes, but just to be completely frank, like dirty dancing, the way that we think of it wasn't really a thing before like forty years ago. Like dirty dancing. Like You're gross. not speaking of the movie. No. <laughs> Gro- Here, let me say, um, sexual dancing. Okay. So, what are you saying by that, though? I mean, like churches. Some so, churches forbid dancing far before this. That. That's what I mean. And so it was born out of something that was not even really dirty. But, but I feel like churches. Um, um, Men and women being a certain distance from one another was inappropriate at one point. Sure, okay. Therefore, if if men or women were not taught and a biblically appropriate way to dance with someone that's not your spouse, then there could be a fear of dancing at all, and therefore we'll simply forbid it instead of teaching appropriate ways to dance with one another. Fun, rejoiceful ways. Square dancing, ballroom dancing, Hmm. waltzes wonderfully appropriate rejoicing things that have great freedom in Christ, but if they're not taught. I see what you mean. I think these are good points to make. There's a fear of whatever inappropriate for that era meant. There is a fear of inappropriate dancing. Yeah. Afraid of something that isn't actually necessarily bad or evil, but you just ban it all together just to make sure something bad doesn't happen. Yeah, instead of teaching um, your church members how to navigate what could become sinful. Which is really interesting because from what I've heard and read, like a, um, like out, people doing stupid stuff with alcohol really wasn't a thing before, you know, like, like such on a grand scale, really wasn't a thing before, until after Prohibition. And it really wasn't forbidden in churches or in church circles until after Prohibition. So Prohibition exacerbated a problem? Yes. I think. Well, it was born out of, I believe, a Christian movement. Yeah, I think so. Like, it was pushed. Yeah. And then it became mainstream Christianity to, like, forbid alcohol. And interesting enough, that created a lot of crime in the United States. Like, like organized crime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we think of prohibition, we're usually not thinking of Christians making a movement. We're thinking about underground trafficking of alcohol, you know, all the under underground alcohol markets and things. Yeah, well, like you know. the mob. I think yeah. most mobs are born out, out of yeah. prohibition. And needless all to say that when you forbid something that's not actually evil and label it as evil, somehow you create evil. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're trying to say this is God's law, and God says no, it is not. You know, you're trying to make... Yeah, you're trying to make... You're pushing back against the system that God created. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, therefore you will encounter, I mean, negative outcomes. Like, of course, there are negative outcomes with drunkenness, but were you to rejoice in a way God intended alcohol to be used, you would 
I mean, the, the hope would be that people would use alcohol in a very appropriate manner because they would see that using it in an appropriate manner it far outseed like far exceeds the quote joy that comes from joke drunkenness you know you would if you used it properly and saw it as a good thing you wouldn't even desire the negative um, that can come i kind of want to go back to something you said earlier about it i was trying to tie it together and never okay. actually completed the thought you said um us churches, we're afraid of what dancing could lead to, so we're just going to pull away from it mm-hmm. and not do it at all. We're going to actually forbid it. Alcohol went through something similar. But what what happens when you take Christian culture away from something is that I actually think it becomes, um, I don't want to say deprived. It's, uh, what's the, what, I can't think of the word right now. Ugh. Depraved? What's the point of um, Calvinism that's like the... All humanity is condemned. I can, man, this word escapes me. I don't know. Well, it's going to bother me. Depra- depravity, that's what it is. Okay, depravity. It, it, it becomes more de- like separated, completely separated and severed from Christian culture. You're separating it from the good. And like all you're leaving it with, that, like, that culture... You're left with total depravity. Yes. I see. Okay, so there's a culture that has dancing within a Christian context, mm-hmm. with Christian influences etc and then you say they're participating in they're doing it and then you say nope take the christians out of it take the christian elements of it out of it or whatever take the godliness out of the culture when it comes to dancing and then what are you left with you just think that whole yes i see yeah i see yeah yeah and i the idea that we were talking about even earlier in the week was like hey could Christian culture should actually be taking over, not yeah. retreating. And that that's like the exact opposite of what should happen. Yeah. Like um, the book I'm reading, similarly, it was talking about beauty, art, etc. Um, Christians, a lot of times Christians aren't making that good of materials. Like, what do you mean? Christian. Christian like, oh. art, Christian movies, Christian music is not really <laughs> that good. Okay. Okay. And in general, the popular Christian things with, you know, the title of Christian when it comes to the arts isn't that good. It's not that good of a quality. And the book I'm reading is saying that shouldn't occur. Like we have let the Christians have let the ball drop for too long. Um, so specifically, this book is talking about medieval art, song, etc., and speaking about how the culture was completely, medieval culture was so influenced by Christianity. Like, even those who didn't know Christ still held on to Christian values and even, like, valued Christian art. And this is where we get, like, the John the Baptist painting that's at the Nelson. This is where we get hmm. tons of biblical scenery and paintings and things. And beautiful buildings. Yes, buildings, buildings, architecture, like Westminster Abbey, um, churches and school, like, uh, colleges and churches and, um, hospitals even around the world. Even science institutions, I think, are actually born by Christians in the dark ages. Yeah. Um, but just really saying that, like, what are we even thinking that? So even like, you know, all the white Italian Jesuses, sure, that's not extremely biblically accurate, but the culture was completely 
inundated with Christian mindsets, you know, like all of the paintings of Mary the Virgin and all of these things, they're biblical paintings and they're wonderful. Mm -hmm. They're beautiful works of art. And they're inspired because of their love for God. Yes. Yes. And that that can occur now. Um, It's not, I I mean, that previous statement doesn't mean that there aren't musicians and painters and actors and actresses and things that um, currently are Christians and are creating Christian content that isn't good. I mean, of course there are people who are doing that, but the mainstream, I don't know what's put out there for Christians in the world of arts. It's is just boring. Not, yeah. It's, it's boring. Their music is boring. I mean, Ethan BC, I would have, I, I would sometimes listen to a Christian song, but I thought they all sounded the same. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a, even to this day, I'm like, I don't listen to Christian music like on, on, on YouTube or anything because it mostly, there might, I'm not saying there's no good yes. songs, but for the most part, and in general, it's boring. And you have, of course, these are, there are caveats within this, of course. Of course, there are different artists and things that are pushing against this grain, but they're not popular. And they're not popular because the popular Christian mindset is not desiring that for some reason. They're not desiring this deep, beautiful Christian art of music, of paintings, etc. Um, and, and yeah, and just, you know, the caveat for us even of, it's not like listening to subpar Christian music is a bad, sinful thing. Like, that's not what we're saying. Um, but we are saying, why isn't there better? Uh, why isn't there better music? Why isn't there... Why aren't there better movies? Why aren't there better paintings? Um, and probably it's because some of our... Um, our, our culture doesn't want this. So then, of course, the money, the resources, etc., aren't, like, streaming towards Christian avenues. Um, but kind of, like, I don't know. The book I'm reading, at least, is saying I, we, we should be striving for this. Not everyone gets me. I don't get music. But I, I would say, like, buildings is an easier representation for to understand okay. the mindset. Because, like, if you look, even big churches that have huge incomes... I see. Are still just, like... Rectangles but, with drywall. Rectangles with cheap siding, and sometimes yeah. they're just tin buildings. Yeah. Because they're like, well, we don't want to put money in that. And even patience and time. Um, so the book is talking about, um, you know, Westminster Abbey, any any huge cathedrals that literally took 100 to 120 years to build. Hmm. I mean, even Notre Dame. Um, you know, these things that, like, it, people's decided the patience of building this was worth it. Um, the structure was going was being built to glorify God. The structure was being built to unify community. Um, if it took a hundred years to gather the funds to make this wonderfully beautiful stone and stained glass building, they were willing to do that. Well, let me play the advocate for a moment um, because I I do personally get frustrated. This isn't me being an advocate the other way. Uh, this is this is me personally. I, I I hate whenever I see church revenues go mostly to building and never to staff. Okay, I see. That drives me nuts. I mean, what what a list of funky priorities. Um, but back to what what I was saying, I'll play the advocate for a moment. But but Berlin, the church is people, not the church is people, not steeples it's people's not steeples why would you put money into that it's just a waste okay so you're trying to throw out the opposite argument i'm trying to be the advocate right the devil's advocate is that what you're saying 
I mean, if you want to call it that, sure. But I didn't say that. Those are your words. <laughs> okay. So what was your thing? People, not steeples. The church is people's, not steeples. So why would we invest into church buildings that are going to wither away and be gone? Yeah, so, I mean, this is simply just a thought from the book. Um, I wouldn't say that this is something that always... Uh, your building doesn't have to look like Notre Dame in order for it to be glorifying to God. But the building should be thoughtful. It should not just be chosen as the cheap because it's the cheapest option. And the biggest option. The <laughs> biggest option, the quickest option. That's not why a church should be built. Like you shouldn't be building a church for those options. Were you to be in a gym for 10 years in order for funds to be raised so that you could have one stained glass painting or something? To me, I'm like, that is, if you're working towards a building being glorifying to God, and that's the way you wish to do it, I think that that, the patience that that requires is worth it. Um, but also maybe, maybe that means that your square, wood, nothing crazy church invests in people doing paintings and you hang them on the wall. Maybe it means investing in more children's programs and the children's, I, I don't mean like a once a week, like or once a month children, I mean like the children's workshops within the church, etc. Maybe it means investing in those so that the children create wonderful songs that they present, right? But like, I think the money needs to be going towards something to glorify God. Um, and you shouldn't just be choosing the cheapest or the quickest. Um, I don't know, right? These aren't just completely fleshed out thoughts, but... I I'm, I like what you're saying, but I'm not sure if I'm sold on what you're saying. I get it. I understand. And I think it might even be right, but I'm not sure yet. Because... I, how much do church budget... How much do churches have budgets for things? I mean, do they actually yeah. have the ability to do these things? I mean, a church in small-town America... It's not going to, yeah. I mean, maybe they would. I, I just don't know what financial situations most churches are in. I think we should go back to the first point of this, is that Christian art in all senses... Oh, this is fine, okay. You know, Christian art in all senses, we should be striving harder to make it more beautiful than it is. Well, the work of your hands be glorifying to God. Yeah. Um, and or, what, what probably where this starts is, Christians need to be expecting more. Need to be requesting, need to be advocating for more beautiful art. Skillful. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't... Beauty is simply the word that has been thrown out in this book. Um, but, yeah, like, the artwork of a... The cover art of a Christian book doesn't need to be simple. It can be beautiful. A, I, I don't know, right? I've actually been trying to look into catechism cards... And the only stinking things I can find just look like a very simple printed flashcard. Like, why can't I find children's catechism cards that have a picture drawn on it? Or like, I, I don't know, a lot of these things are like, I can only print them. It's like, you know, I have to buy a digital copy. And like, why can't I buy something that has beautiful artwork on it with beautiful truths of God's word on a card? Right? Why can't I do that? Or why can't I find songs? I think it's because... We've, we've, I, I think it's because of the Jesus only mentality. 
Which doesn't sound bad to say it, but like this idea that, but in order to share Christ, you don't need that. Okay. Okay, this is a good point. I I think it's like this push for extremely minimalistic, extreme conservative conservative mindset, not in a political sense. Just like conserve everything. Conserve your time, conserve your money, conserve your... um, Anything to be just the most simplistic church you can get. Yeah, why do you need a beautiful card? You could just have God's word right on it. I see. And I, okay. I, I think there's a, there is a poverty in that. Yeah. You're not remembering how... You're forgetting the feasts that God asked us to have in the yeah, Old Testament. Yes, yes, okay. Can you, you know, elaborate on that a little so, bit? So, I mean, the reason the feasts were there in the Old Testament, that even, I mean, even in the New Testament, the feasts were still being celebrated to some degree, not as a legalistic thing, not as a um, need for sanctification, but they were being celebrated to remember, to to feast together, to gather together, to celebrate together. Um, you know, and for a, for a typical Protestant Christian, you're going to get, Sunday church maybe two hours and that's considered your gathering instead of a remembrance that to to meet together on the streets you know to feast together to celebrate something huge and wonderful together to celebrate something small together um you know somebody's birthday or to celebrate uh a baptism right like uh we've talked for a long time that like baptisms our ideal baptism would be a baptism with a ginormous feast afterward where the whole church is feasting together. You know, that would be our ideal baptism, a a huge celebration of rejoicing in heaven that this person has come to the Christ. Um, But I I think people would look at that, especially very common in church leadership, not not even church leadership, just amongst people who are in, in the body, they, they would look at it and say, but we need to make this as cheap as possible. Yeah. A lot of churches. Yeah. Always see that. And I'm, and, you know, so possibly this is a Midwest thing. I don't know. I have not attended hmm. many um, churches outside of the Midwest. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it could be this mindset of we shouldn't waste. Why waste our time? Why waste our resources? Um, when God demands you celebrate and, and enjoy <clears throat> and, and hmm. I heard, man, maybe they were preaching directly to me or like trying to teach me something. It might have been a sermon, but they were like, the word fun is never found in the Bible. Not And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. I've never seen fun. <clears throat> um, and, you know, I, I didn't realize it until recently, but uh, I, there's no commandment against putting your head in a meat grinder. There's nothing there. There's no commandment for that. So should I be able to put my head in meat grinders? No. No, you shouldn't. But the concept of you not putting in a meat grinder is, however, present in the Bible. And although the word fun is not present in the Bible. The word rejoice, the word laughter, the word joy. And I guess all those people are sinners because they're having fun. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> no, that's actually a pretty good. Yeah, that's a good example. Of... Fun is actually not valued. In enjoyment is an the actual excess of rejoicing is maybe sometimes not a priority. Yeah. And also main main Christian culture. Um 
main Christian Christian in the United States, they often I think celebrate Fridays and not Sundays. I see. Ooh, I'm done with work. Let's yeah. eat out. And even I've been guilty of that. But yeah. I, I think I act, we, I actually need to change my mindset to celebrate the Lord's Day, the day that we hold holy, more than yeah. any other day of the week. Um, I'd say we could end somewhat soon, but do we want to maybe mention Sunday Funday? Yeah. That's a way that we've been trying to, over the last, I don't know, four months or more even, we've been trying to make Sundays a little bit more um, festive. And first of all, festivals should really not just be Sunday. Sunday should absolutely be a weekly reminder. A Sabbath should be a weekly reminder. But, I mean, we've tried so much in the last year to actually, like, we made St. Patrick's Day this huge deal. Like, let's redeem it from this drunken day <laughs> to a day in which we talk about St. Patrick, we think about it, and we recognize um, true saints, not uh, like ordained saints, but you know, like <laughs> saints as in the people who have gone to heaven. Um, you know, we tried to redeem that. We've been trying to like make Easter just as big of a deal as Christmas. Um, because that's often for, you know, just kind of put, it's like Easter is a day. Side note, Christian, Easter should be the day, but anyway, go ahead. Personal opinion. Um, so anyway, the fact, no, I mean family opinion. We do agree that Easter should be just as big as Christmas. Um, but anyway, so Sunday fun day, this is something that Ethan, the Holy Spirit laid upon Ethan one day. (laughs) I said, we're going to go to the store and everybody gets two things, whatever they want from the grocery aisle. I mean, from, from a grocery store. And we do choose a smaller grocery store, right? Like Walmart would not be a choice. It's just way too big. Um, yeah, we do natural grocery down the road. But yeah, I'd say any smaller grocery store, Sprouts or even Aldi or whatever. I think could work. I think even a Walgreens could work. Yeah. Walgreens. Yeah. Yeah. That could work. Um, but yes, yeah, so we go to natural grocery. We, I even let the kids choose two things they want. Yeah. I don't, I don't care what it is. You want ice cream, you get ice cream. If you want, yeah, you want ice cream and chocolate, you get both. Which <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it because I think Eliza said she wanted something and you were, you said, no, I guess it's Sunday fun day. It really took you great. Cause restraint. we also usually pick something out to heat. So we all get the two things, but then we also pick a meal, you know, like I pick a frozen pizza or I pick frozen corn dogs or something and so yes i had already had the meal planned out and eliza said she wanted pizza so i didn't i thought i don't really know if i want to i almost turned around when i turned around i almost turned around and said something but you were like so eliza had her pizza for dinner and we had whatever else it was (laughs) but um yeah i i I really enjoy it it also so sundays sometimes as you said you celebrate friday more than you celebrate sundays sometimes sundays there's like this lull where you feel like a dread to go back to work. Yeah, you're like, uh, like you come back from church, you don't have a full day left. Mm-hmm. You're home at like one or something, and then you're like, okay, better get the kids to nap or better eat a late lunch, and then oh, am I really gonna be hungry for dinner at five thirty? And I don't know. You just feel all these kind of like uh, about the week having to start again, and this doesn't do it. This really helps. Just, it changes. It yeah. changes the vibe. I'm sorry, I have to use that word. I hate that word, by the way. It just helps the day to feel more festive. And we enjoy into the evening. You know, maybe from 2 until 5 or 6, we end up doing the Sunday fun day and eating the foods together and having fun. And Well, we somebody else that we know picked it up. They heard about it just like in passing. And their their kids aren't used to 
choosing what they want from 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 a store. Or, you know, they don't get yeah. Just as the, most kids really aren't, you know. Like here, share this candy bar or whatever. But I, I, their family, I guess they really responded well to it, and they do it every single Sunday, which we probably do it every other Sunday or. Yeah, sometimes it's yeah. Because sometimes we have other things going on on Sunday, but those Sundays where we're just sitting where there's the lull, we've tried to, tried to do it. Yeah. Make it a celebration. Make it a joy. Make it something you look forward to. And stop celebrating other days as much and put that on Sunday. Yeah. So this is kind of how we think the podcast will go. We'll just talk like we normally do. And we'll wrestle with topics together. And We'll try not to actually wrestle, but yes, we'll wrestle with topics. Okay, I don't have anything else. We called this Meet the Elgins. Sometimes we did an intro song. We were just a little sad for me. The other one's not working out, so yeah. we didn't do it today. If you really are interested, go watch Meet the Press theme song on YouTube. And that is the theme song we used to play when we actually had Meet the Elgins on Sunday. Yeah, that was a pre-kids thing. Topic for another day. All right. Okay. Adios.